beginner's mind. We're talking, so the, the term is shoshin. It's, a Jap, it's the Japanese term for beginner's mind. And then this is the quote where it comes from. So in the beginner's mind, there are endless possibilities. In the experts, there are few. And that's from Shunryu Suzuki. And he wrote, there's a book by the same name, Beginner's Mind. And so beginner's mind, shoshin, which equals Zen mind. And then, so see, Zen mind is one of those enigmatic phrases used by Zen teachers to make you notice yourself, to go beyond words and wonder what your own mind and being are. This is the purpose of all of Zen teaching, to make you wonder and to answer that wondering with the deepest expression of your own nature. And so that's our beginning, right? That's our beginning. That's what we're looking at this beginner's mind where we you know really just you know that that's what we're getting down to it's to make you wonder and to answer that wondering with the deepest expression of your own nature and so we'll come down here and so one you were born completely free you were born with a radiant and spontaneous mind you know, it's like, it's like when you're a child and just everything is this like wonder and it's, you know, bigger than life and everything's like twinkling and rainbows and unicorns and all this stuff. You know, that's <clears throat> this radiant, spontaneous mind that we're, that we originally are given, right? And so in growing up, our thinking was shaped by society. It's hopes, fears, and dreams. And then somewhere along the way of us growing up, you know, it, we, it became separated from this original mind. And so, and that's the mind that you had when you were younger. And so keeping a beginner's mind is a way to safely disentangle yourself from the separation and to regain your original mind. And you know, to give you an idea of like this original mind, like the, the number one movie in the whole world, hands down, you know, Citizen Kane, its main premise is, you know, like when he sees the wagon at the end, you know, that's all he ever wanted to go back to. You know, he did all these things in life, had this huge house, all this stuff. And the, and the most important thing for him was you know, being a child, that freedom that he had when he, was, when he was a child with his wagon. And so that's what, you know, keeping this beginner's mind takes you back to. And so why do we have troubles in our lives now? We have troubles in our lives now because, because we have lost this radiant, empty, ready to, ready to see life unclouded by preconceived notions, judgments, and criticisms mind. Sometimes in a lot of Eastern traditions, you know, the mind is referred to as a mirror with dust and dirt all over it. And by practicing meditation, mindfulness, yoga, you know, martial arts, all these different things, they say that we polish this mirror. And eventually we return the mirror to its, its original splendor. And so right practice moment to moment. There's nowhere to go and nowhere to get to except right where you are. The only dimension to concern ourselves with is right here. Let me say that again. The only dimension to concern ourselves with is right here. 
no matter what we do to our human body, to our organism, no matter what we put into it, no matter like the medicine, like all these different things, it will always, you know, try to return to its natural state, you know, which is normal everyday waking reality. You can put like waking reality. Walking, breathing, sitting, standing, meditating, you know, the zazen or the lotus posture, you know, these, these are like the four, you know, the, 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 they say the fifth one, the zazen one incorporates everything. But, uh, you know, we see this played out. So right practice. And so right above A, right practice is connected to the body. You know, the right, the right practice, the right way to sit, the right way to breathe, the right way to pay attention, all these different things. And then we have our right attitude, which is connected here down the feeling. So we have the right attitude towards our practices. We have the right attitudes towards ourself and how we, you know, look at things, how we look at our practice, how we think about it, how we, you know, handle when we have a rough day, how to handle when we have a great day, you know, and it's, it's learning to walk more along that middle line there, you know, where you're not so crazy excited that you're almost manic and you're not so down that you're like depressed you know that middle way you know we think of middle as usually we think of middle like especially in the west as like sports you're like the middle of the pack you know you're not really good and you're not really bad you're just kind of whatever right in in life and everything i would i think it would be a little bit safer to argue that you know keeping that mentality that competitive mentality is actually you know you don't really need to be at the very very top of the bottom and so our original mind includes everything within itself. And so you should not lose your self-sufficient state of mind. This does not mean a closed mind, but actually an empty mind and a ready mind. If your mind is empty, it is always ready for anything. It is open to everything. In the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities. In the expert's mind, there are few. When we first start practicing something, it is very fresh and alive. After two, three, four years of practice, it may not be so. It can be weeks or months even if you're trying to start something new. And so the idea is to keep this fresh, radiant, clear, open mind with us every moment of every day. And so we, when we start to practice something new, you know, after, you know, some time, it doesn't, we don't just get like bored with it or whatever. You know, really the only reason why you should leave a practice is if you practice it for a while and you feel that it's incomplete, that it doesn't have enough in it to take you all the way. And so, you know, when we learn yoga, meditation, and mindfulness, we will exert great effort in an attempt to stop our thoughts, you know, in an attempt to bottle up our thoughts to, you know, we think that we have to stop them because, you know, they're all over the place, right? This is not the best use of our energy. Thoughts don't really stop as much as they slow down and, be, and can be given another direction. You, you see that it, it then becomes a choice and you realize that it's, it was always a choice. You were just most awfully making the choices of your thoughts unconsciously. I like to think of, you know, like meditation, if you're going to, like when we're going to slow down things, I... I like, I like the idea of like thinking of like a dam where a dam will stop like the major flow of water, 
but there's always a release, you know? So like you see like a huge dam, there's a release and there may be like a door down below and water comes out or it's pumped out through another direction, heading towards another city or town. And so this release, I, I like to think this can be thought of as your ability to focus the power of your mind. You know, you're able to like slow down the thoughts and you've got this little buildup of energy and then you give it like a light to shine out from. And the and so you you focus the light of your awareness, much like a flashlight, directly illuminating what you're wanting to work on. You know, and it's not like a big wide beam that like lights up the whole room, but you can't really see specifics. This is more about tightening the beam. You know, a little bit more like this as opposed to like this. Both are like important, but it's a it's it's being able to, you know, like shrink in and focus. And then like slowly come back out and relax and then take in more of your surroundings. You know, we're sometimes we just sit around like this, you know, you see people on their phone like this and, you know, 10 years from now, their necks may not feel so good. I don't know, all of us probably included. But so the idea is not to stop all thought completely as this disrupts the flow of energy and goes against the nature of the working of the mind. The idea is to take into account what's going on in the moment of your thought process. And if needed, changing the course of your thought patterns. Obviously choosing more positive, healthy thoughts to continue the day with. And, uh, you know, I've got the little question there. Maybe there is something to positive affirmations, thinking and visualizations. You know, it's, I really... In one, so uh, I like to, I like to think of this idea. If, you, if you've seen the movie Inception, when he goes into the dreams and the deeper and deeper dreams he goes to, he takes his little like spinner, right? It's his reminder that he's dreaming. He spins it, you know, and it spins. It just stays there, and he's like, okay, and grab it. And so, in in life, a lot of times, what I do is, you know, I'll take hang out with my niece. My nieces, um, really most of the time it's my dog. It's my dog, Callie. She's a little, uh, like, she looks like a Shih Tzu. She's like a multi poo. And um, she's like this little ball, like, of radiating, like, love energy. It's just unconditional love. And so whenever, say, if I'm driving and I have, you know, like some negative thoughts or, you know, something's going on, someone said something, whatever it may be. I'll think of her and I'll think of, you know, taking on a walk, running around with her, getting her a treat, doing all these things. And instantly, like, I start to feel better. And so it's, I do feel that, like, when you can slow your mind down and catch what you're actually thinking, then you can make a decision to just, like, you can stop on a dime. Boom, off you go. Uh, one of the coolest uh, books uh, still that I've read uh, was Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor's. It's uh, My Stroke of Insight. And she had a stroke years ago, and she's a, a neuroanatomist, a brain surgeon, that, or not a brain surgeon, sorry, a neuroanatomist at Harvard. And uh, what she says about the mind is that when something, like, upsets you, like your nervous system, your mind, when something upsets you, it takes 90 seconds for that to run through your system. 90 seconds. 90 seconds and that whole like either adrenaline dump you know the dopamine hit whatever it is it dissipates and so 
any time you spend after that thinking about the situation, the remarks, whatever it was, that's a choice. 90 seconds, you know, so how many times has something happened to you and then beyond 90 seconds, it's still, you know, running around in there. So the Zen of everyday language. So it really, you know, amazes me about like Zen and yoga and all these different things is when I'm listening to people speak just in everyday life. When people are just being themselves, they're thinking positively about some things and ideals and processes of thinking will just naturally emerge. A good word in English which comes to mind is carefree. You know, carefree is free from anxiety or responsibility. And how this relates to the mind is when the mind is carefree, is it's free from incessant patterns of tension-creating thoughts. It's, it's, it's free of that, you know, that, that anxiety when it's like two conflicting thoughts about something. Oh, I want to go here, but not just yet. Oh, I should wear red, but maybe not. Oh, maybe she likes me. Oh, no, she doesn't. You know, we like, we tell ourselves these two conflicting things and then eventually we just end up in a, you know, and that's where, you know, breathing, mindfulness come in. You can, you can try it. I'm, one of my favorite things is the three deep breaths. You just take one big deep breath. We can try it. We can try it, right? You want to try it? You can sit up straight. We got a little bit of time. And so, so you can sit up straight. And so take a big deep breath in. And uh, you just inhale in. And as you breathe in, see how I'm, I'm thinking more outward with my lungs, not up. So when we keep our attention about the area of the heart, it doesn't excite any up higher, like the mind and everything. And now exhale. And the next one, you can close your mouth, try in through the nose, out through the nose. That's even more. And we're going to try and make the breath just nice and thin. So inhale. Slide pause at the top. Exhale. Long, fine, thin. We can try another one. I should have done this in the beginning, right? So one more inhale in. Really feel right about the area of the solar plexus right here behind the heart. And then exhale. You can feel yourself really start to relax. And then if you can continue on this breathing for another 10 to 15 minutes, whatever was really bothering you, it's just gonna disappear. It's like a it's like having like a like a like a blanket to like throw over your anger and just smothers it. It's it's another energy that's in the I don't know if I'd really say well it's it's opposite in a way that it counteracts anger. So like mindfulness is this meditative breathing. And it's really, it's just slowing your inhale and exhale, breathing really big in through your heart. Cause it's your heart that's really kind of having a tough time. And so you can feel when you inhale up really hard, it might kind of like kind of shake a little bit and then you exhale it out. And then the next one, it shakes a little less. And the third one should be mostly all gone. Right. And so now that we've got this, with Mel of her body, we can see that Zen is freeing the mind from self-criticism, self-judgment, and complaints. 
And what's, you know, really great about all these things about keeping a beginner's mind, you know, the greatest thing about it is that you've had a lifetime to muddy it up. You've had a lifetime to like screw everything up, which is good because there are no fish in perfectly clean water. We can repeat that one. You've had a lifetime to muddy it up, which is good. There are no fish in perfectly clean water. And so that's the type of attitude. You know, that type of attitude will inspire you to sit. You know, it'll inspire you to breathe. It'll inspire you to go to yoga class. It'll inspire you, like, mindful breathing, that, like, inhale, slight pause, exhale, pause, that can be done walking across the room. It can be done walking to the mailbox. It can be done walking to your car, walking into the store, walking around the store. I mean, anywhere you go, you can practice this. And, you know, I, I encourage you to go to the grocery store and walk around the grocery store, practice mindful breathing, and just see how people respond to you. See how your energy changes. See how your smile changes. See how you become this calmer person, and then everyone around you becomes a little bit calmer. It's like you became, you become this radiating light to everyone around. And so people can, can feel this. And when you're able to, you know, lessen your self-criticism, your self-judgment, your complaints about everything going on, you're able to more positively influence, you know, everything that's going on around you. And you become more enjoyable to be around. And so... You know, using this style of, of talking, you know, I used one, you know, like Japanese phrase. And I don't think there's many words in here that are very, like, difficult quite to understand. And that's part of the, the point of this. You know, this is an ancient way of teaching using the simplest language in the situations of everyday life. That's why I was saying there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to get to. There's... You know, they say a lot of it is it's like mind illusion. It's just mind stuff. You know, the, the fifth dimension of all this halo stuff. And there's these, you know, blues and grays and this and that. And, you know, not to discredit it. Not that that the stuff couldn't possibly exist. You know, I, I'm sure everything, it, it, it exists in the mind. And that's why they call it mind illusion. Because it's on your on your way up to these things. It's like normal life. You pass through a little bit higher, and then you get above that stuff. It's like being in a plane, and you just fly up to, like, cruising altitude. That's what I would say more like, like a beginner's mind is. You, you fly up to the, to the cruising altitude, and everyone else is down in the clouds, and there's storm and hail and rain and lightning and turbulence, and there's all this different stuff going on down, down there, and you're up at cruising altitude, cruising above others. So... That's one of the, it's not, it's not like one of the, but that's like a definite difference of all this stuff. You know, it's, I mean, there's, there's, there's many differences, not just one, but that's one of the main ones is that, you know, and you can see it like, you know, people, people would tell you something completely different from what I told you, you know, they'll think that, you know, you need to learn this and you have to do this thing and sign up for this thing. You know, I don't think anyone needs 
any other nonsense than what's going on in everyday reality in order to get healthier and better, in order to help free their mind from, you know, all the conditioning that it's, that's been through, you know, not knowing who you really are. I don't think we need any more confusion than just trying to make it through everyday life and are, you know, focusing on relationships that we care about, friendships, family, you know, loved ones, you know, even just like strangers, you know, is it so bad to like, you know, like just want to be nice to strangers, you know, not like, like overly nice, you know, but just like walking down the street and giving a smile is what I'm more referring to. You just walk past someone, you just kind of give them a smile and they're like, oh, he just smiled at me. And you're like, yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> For for why I don't know no reason it just maybe it seemed like you could use one and so and this is something that when they and this one's said by Shunraido but it, especially in like the Eastern arts um, I know Shunraido uh, the Zen guys are uh, they do this a lot and there's another uh, Matsu 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 Matsusashi. That's who I was seeing Matsuri Moto, but it's Matsusashi. He's, uh, he was one of the greatest samurais in the world. And uh, he had 60 duels and 60 wins. If you don't win, you don't duel again, if you catch. And he was, he was fond of saying things like this too, but so this is from, he said, this is also the real secret of the arts. Always be a beginner. Be very, very careful about this point. If you start to practice zazen, which is seated meditation, you will begin to appreciate your beginner's mind. It is the secret of Zen practice, yoga practice, mindfulness practice. This is the real secret of the arts. And he says the like the, like the arts plural is not that that wasn't that was meant on very much on purpose, where he's talking about you know because he's a teacher, a Zen teacher, but what he's saying is that the real secret of all of them is to always be a beginner. And, um, and you, especially in like, like Eastern arts and stuff, they'll say that the, at, after, you know, the first five years, they'll say, Oh, wonderful. You're just ready to begin training. And you're like, after five years, like I'm just ready to begin. And they're like, yeah, you, you're just like mellowed out enough that we can really teach you some stuff. And so, you know, keeping a beginner's mind, you know, staying consistent, you know, really, you know, like living these ideals, you know, it, it's, it's, it, just, it takes a little bit of mindset, like teaching, you have to have a good teacher. You need to practice what you learn. You need to experience what comes with your practice and then you repeat. So, you know, teaching, practice, enlightenment, enlightenment meaning that you were enlightened to some new information that you weren't previously in, in, you weren't previously in possession of. You didn't previously have before. And then you repeat everything. And that's one of the things about being a beginner too, is that you're constantly like working and they're like, oh, we're going to do a beginner thing. And you could be like, oh, well, I'm too good for that. I'll go to beginner class. I'd love to, you know, I would love to like go into beginner class and all I want to do is move in a certain way, but I've got to slow down because that's not what the teacher is showing. 
you know, and I would do it just to mess with myself. And sometimes I liked it. And sometimes I was like, dude, I'm not doing that for like months. Right. But it's still, it's this, it's always special when I do that because it helps me to not forget where I came from, you know, and like the effort that I put in and, you know, when I see people trying to do things that I used to, what I would, when I was learning years ago, like, it gives me like a special little, you know, like I sit there and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. You might be like a year off, but you'll get it. Or, you know, I hope you really understand this part, you know, it's those kinds of things. It's those simple things that, you know, really like, it's those simple, small things that when added up over time is that's what makes the difference, you know? Right. So this is like my little, I love making Canva is so much fun make these little images. And when I found the wizard hat, I was like, this is perfect. And now uh, we can go up to the top a little bit. I'll, I'll re-talk about this image because there's a lot of imagery in these and stuff. And so uh, one thing that Zen is fond about is like the Zen master and the tiger. So like the Zen master sleeping on the back of the tiger. And, with that, and what that really is like referring to is that you get so mellow after a while and your energy is so like wonderful to be around that you could literally sleep on the back of the tiger and the tiger wouldn't want you to leave. Like you'd get up to go and it would like nuzzle against your leg, not wanting you to leave. But you're also like fierce, like one too, like you could shoot someone one look and it's just going to go directly to their soul. And, and this is why one of the reasons if you make anything, you know, for like your, if you're like an entrepreneur, you do stuff for work, you just like to have fun, like Canva is super cool. You literally just make, you just search whatever you think. I typed in magic and tiger and I got that. And then the fish, again, are another symbol of the Eastern arts and they actually more resemble the yin yang symbol. And so the fish are constantly swimming and moving. They're constantly moving around. And here what happens is, so you have these two fish, the white one, in the black one, right? And so it comes here, there we go, and around. We go down, ooh, see? And so we cut through the center, and so what we don't see is that there's a figure eight in through the center there. And so we have here, right? go around it's a little bit harder to do this i can do this with my hands much better let's see we come around and then we can turn through the center and keep moving right super cool that's where the fish and the yin yang symbol you're constantly able to turn and move and switch back and forth at any direction that you wish so again um thank you guys for coming uh this was really fun uh to share things that you know, I enjoy and everything. And I look forward to, this is my first one. And so I do look forward to doing other ones with you guys and just having a good time with this. So thank you so much. And I'll see you again soon.